welcome to the Shenandoah Valley Life Podcast, where we introduce you to Shenandoah Valley residents who are living, working, and thriving in Virginia's iconic valley. Ready to make the Shenandoah Valley your home? Visit ShenandoahValleyLiving.com to start your Shenandoah Valley life. I'm Jay Langston, the Executive Director of the Shenandoah Valley Partnership, the Regional Economic Development and Marketing Organization on behalf of the Valley. Today, we have Mark Turok with American Parkour joining us on the Shenandoah Valley Life Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by our friends from the Stanton Innovation Hub, a wonderful co-working space in the city of Stanton. Grow with us at the Stanton Innovation Hub, a co-working facility designed to reduce barriers to innovation, open new opportunities, and cultivate community. Located in the beautiful Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, we're in close proximity to Interstates 81 and 64. We're surrounded by eight colleges and universities and have 30,000 square feet of co-working office and event space. Let us help you eliminate distractions in a safe, energetic environment. To learn more, visit stantonhub.com. Welcome, Mark. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. No, we're excited to have you here. And this is, is going to be as much of a learning experience for me as it is, you know, also trying to get the story out about what you're doing, how you're here in the Valley. And I'm just fascinated with your industry or sector. I'm not quite sure what to call it, but I have to admit right up front uh, because Mark could make fun of me, but I had never heard of parkour until we actually met. So we'll start like, Mark, you know, what got you here to the Valley? And let's spend some time talking about what you're doing here. And well, you're based here, but you do this all over. So with that, I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you take it away, and I'll jump in where necessary. Cool. O open playing field. So first, yes. <laughs> first off, no harm in not having heard of parkour. I think a lot of people haven't heard of it yet. And so I'll start with just what is parkour. And so, and that's actually kind of hard to describe. It's kind of a tough concept. Parkour is a movement-based training discipline. What does that mean? Well, it's great for fitness but it's more like play. So it is physical exercise, but it's physical exercise with the idea of overcoming obstacles and getting better at that. It's kind of like the martial art of the playground, like just being oh, better at playing. Oh, I like that analogy. <laughs> yeah, just being better at playing. And so unfortunately in, in our society, we, we're told to stop playing, right? Get down from there, don't climb that tree, get off the swing set, why? Why? That stuff's fun. Like, let's have some fun, right? And and we take our we take our exercise and our fitness and we weaponize it. Well, how much do you weigh? How many points of body fat do you have? How many weights can you lift? How many runs can you run? How many miles can you Oh, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. You don't have to get better at something. Just enjoy the time you spend doing it. And parkour is just it's play. It's exploration of your body's capabilities by trying to crawl around and climb around on stuff. How do you translate that into actionable items that, 
okay, an adult, well, slightly older adult than probably most of your demographic does, but what is that? Describe, you know, the courses. Describe the equipment, Mark, because I just find it fascinating because it looks like everybody who can do this is phenomenally, you know, flexible, acrobatic, you know, has these great skills. I'm Please tell me not everybody that does that has that kind of talent, raw talent, or at least to begin with. So, so part of yeah. my mission in life, I call whitebelt.com. And I don't have the domain name, but let's think of it as a concept for a minute. Anything you see somebody doing, there is a white belt level of that we're not told about. Right? We see great singers. We see great figure skaters. We see amazing ballet dancers. And we're like, I could never do that. And that's a shame because we're inspired by it, but we don't know where to start. We don't know the white belt steps. We just don't know what is the level that I can do, that I can try. How do I get started? And I think that you will be pleasantly surprised when I tell you that our Facebook group, Parkour Over 40, has 760 members. Oh, good for that group. Yes. So, <laughs> yes, it's easy to look at the videos of the young guns doing flips between buildings, and we have young men and women who are incredible, incredible athletes doing things I could never dream of, and that's great for them. But what it, what does what does your I'm I'm not calling you average by any means, but <laughs> what does your average person do? Not below parkour? average. And some of that is as simple as balancing on a curb, trying to jump up a flight of stairs one at a time. And then if you get comfortable at that, move to two stairs at a time. And if you get comfortable at that, move to three stairs at a time. Maybe crawl up and down the stairs and explore just how your body works, what it's capable of. Mark, let's, let's, and I think this is part of the story. How did you wind up here in the valley? Because I don't think that people would associate the parkour movement in a way with the valley. And so what what brought you here and how is is this a launching pad for you, I guess? Is is, is that the appropriate question? I don't know. Sure. I'll, I'll let you take it away and sure. you can expand as much as you want. So what what brought me to the valley is the valley the outdoors. So the origins of Great parkour. <laughs> thank you. The, the origins of parkour are a movement called the Method Naturale, which was created by a Frenchman named Georges Hébert, who saw indigenous people that were incredibly fit. And so he made this method, run, jump, climb, throw, swim, defend, right? Because it turns out if you do those things and essentially play like a kitten, you'll be in good shape. You don't have to stack weights and count calories and all these other things if you just move a bunch. And outdoors is a great place to do that and is actually the roots of parkour before it became an urban thing. It was, a, it was an outdoor thing. And so I, I'm an avid hiker and climber and my wife is as well. She's, well, she's above avid, I'm avid. <laughs> uh, she's an amazing climber um, and, and hiker. And so we do trail running and, and all of these other activities. And we were in the city, we were in Washington DC where I had a gym for 18 years. And on Friday night, we'd get in the car, stressed out, throw all the gear in, drive out, set up a camp in the dark, 
which isn't fun, get up, have our adventure the next day, do something on Sunday, wake up, beautiful, get back in the car, cram in, stress out, and drive back to the city. And eventually we were like, why? Why do, like, we need a, and we're just looking for a little place to just put a tent. We didn't care if it was just a tent and a, and a fire pit. We would have been happy. And instead, on, we so, so fortunate, found a, a house in Fort Valley. And so now Which I have Which is my, a small community in Shenandoah County in the northern part of the valley. I'm just putting that plug in for thank people. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's a wonderful place. We have the Fort Valley community, the, sorry, the country store. And I call it the community store because it is a co-op. People go there. People have coffee there. People hang out. And it's, it's what's great about country living. And, and so much of that area, Woodstock, Edinburgh, Fort Valley is, is great for that. I have a little wood shop in Edinburgh where I build all the equipment. Um, one kind of crossover is I build the equipment that gets used in D.C. public schools. Every middle school seventh grader does a parkour program as part of their physical education on equipment that was built in Edinburgh. And so far, 20,000 kids have been through that program. That is awesome. That is awesome. Helping them explore the opportunity to not only have fun, but the fitness that comes along with that. And to learn to enjoy fitness, right? Yeah. We, we've taken the joy out of, out of so many things. We, we weaponize our hobbies. I have to get better <laughs> at guitar. Would you play the guitar? Suck. Sing. <laughs> Sing in the shower. Dance. Who cares? Have fun. Enjoy the process, right? So giving, the, giving those kids a foundation in movement and that they can enjoy. And, and one of the little rants I want to go on here is we, we get Please so, do. We get so goal-oriented that we get sports-specific. You have to be good at throwing the sports ball. You have to be good at hitting the sports ball. You have to be good at this. Nobody taught those kids balance, agility, just how to basic driving instructions for this thing, right? We all have one. Where's the, where's the basic owner's manual, right? And it's really not that hard. Eat natural foods, move around a bit. That's it. And, and we should learn to enjoy that and like it instead of, again, weaponizing it. I have to go to the gym. I have to be on a diet. I have to eat this and not that. I, I have to do this. And we've done that with so many parts of our lives. And it's, it's just, it's awful to me. Like, a, like you know, the, is the average human being happy now? We all should be. We all deserve to be just for being us. And, and we need to just explore that and take the time to say, hey, whatever this thing is, I'm just going to enjoy doing it. Enjoy the time. And so that's my little rant. Uh, glad, to, glad to hear it. Okay, you're based out of Fort Valley, a small community in the Shenandoah Valley, yet you operate all over, don't you? I mean, talk about... Now, what you do is American parkour. Sure. How you put on productions. I mean, is that the right word? But you're I, really all over the place. I am so incredibly fortunate for the opportunities that I have had. Uh, I have lived in London and Costa Rica. I have done parkour performances in 14 countries. Uh, I'm now involved in something called World Chase Tag. Right. We all played it as kids. It turns out cats and dogs and squirrels play it as kids it is literally the most innate game is tag and so now these guys in in london the devoe brothers great guys 
started playing tag in their backyard. And then they were like, well, we're going to tie a rope between these two trees and make it a little more interesting. you got to go under this rope when you come through here. And then they put up a cone, and they're like, you got to go around this cone. Now we have a professional tag course, and it's been on ESPN a couple of times. I get to do the announcing, which is really fun. Uh, I got to build the course. The course for World Chase Tag that you see on ESPN was built in my little shop in Edinburgh. And so we're taking that, and that is becoming global. Again, it's been on ESPN a couple times. It's been on the, their show, The Ocho. Uh, tons of, you can find it on YouTube and, and stuff like that. I have two teams that, that compete. So, and they're just great, amazing, fun athletes who, who go out and you really see them having fun while they're doing it. And yeah, it's competitive. It's a sport. And these athletes, nobody in the world is going to catch these athletes if they're not training parkour or something very, very similar. They are on top of their game, but it's, it's a game and it's fun. And one of the things I love about, about tag is where I said parkour is kind of difficult to understand. Well, okay, you're trying to get over an obstacle like balancing on a handrail or climbing up a brick wall or crawling down a flight of stairs. That doesn't really put a lot of imagery in people's minds where a three-year-old can look at tag and go, oh, that one's trying to catch that one. So I love the simplicity that, that chase tag brings to it too. How do you go about the production of this um, when you're setting up a course. I mean, I, I don't com uh, completely understand the business model. I mean, certainly it's for consumption, it's for people to do. People enjoy watching it. It's on television. You mentioned, I mean, when you make it to ESPN, you are clearing a bar there in, in many ways. But it, how do you go about doing this, Mark? Uh, all over the place. When I know, I'll come back on the show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'll tell you. So, so far, again, I, I, I had a gym for, for 18 years, and the gym for, for various periods was very successful and for some periods not very successful. Um, entrepreneurship is hard. Something eight, nine out of ten businesses fail in the first five years and even more than that if you go 10 years out. So if you're really, really, really masochistic, you start seven businesses at the same time. I had a CrossFit gym. I had a parkour gym. I had a parkour performance team that went around the world. I had parkour in schools, parkour in summer camps, a clothing line, an equipment line, and I did some consulting on the side. No wonder my business failed as a gym. I'm talking specifically about the gym. Right. And it did close during COVID, but I don't blame COVID. I blame my lack of focus on a single business. A single business deserves one person's full focus, and it takes mm -hmm. a lot of people to make it work. Let's, let's talk about, um, you know, Lexus puts a red bow on their car, and they're like, this is a Christmas present. And everybody's like, no, that's bizarre. It's not a Christmas present. You don't buy someone a car <laughs> as a surprise on Christmas. But the You've thing been that, listening to my household when these uh, commercials come on but, during the but holidays. The, the thing that Lexus does well is they don't say this is a bunch of, of rubber and metal. They say this is exhilaration. This is an experience. And so I don't want to sell parkour equipment. I want to sell the benefits that people get from training parkour. Yeah. Learning to use their body, learning to reconnect with how their body moves in a way that's fun instead of, again, that weaponized exercise. 
right? If you, if you get, you know, two of my little pieces of wood and stick them on the floor and try and jump back and forth and balance, it's fun. It's a game. And so you, you can gamify your fitness, and now all of a sudden it's fun. So that's, that's the direction I'm moving into is sort of online instruction paired with the equipment that you would use to do parkour at home. And let me be the first to go on the record and say parkour requires literally nothing but your body. I suggest a little more than that. You get arrested. But <laughs> really, you can go barefoot. I'm, I'm wearing yeah. some Olo shoes, which are specifically made for parkour. They are incredible, incredible shoes for parkour. Great grip. Uh, they're, they're flexible. They're light. They're, they're everything that a parkour shoe should be. You don't need them. You can go out barefoot and jump around on logs and rocks. And you don't need – if you have a loading dock – I've got six hours of training opportunities for you at a loading dock because you've got the stairs, you've got the little railway, you've got a three-foot ledge. I can give you a thousand different things to do there. No gym, no equipment, no whatever. You can build all of the fitness that you need and agility, mobility, flexibility, coordination, strength, all of these facets you can get just from playing around on that, on that little area. You have an ambassador's program or is it yeah uh, and, and an affiliate program yes. am, I, am i getting that that right mark what are those cool so our ambassadors um think of them almost like sponsored athletes but i think that sponsored athletes starts to get into that weaponized end of of who's the best who's paid the most and, and all of those things I'm, I'm proud to say that we have two ambassadors that are over 50. We, we have a, a, a man who's 56. Um, we have a, a woman who I want to say she's 54. I don't, I don't even know because I don't track it. But that's not your typical sponsored athlete. But these are the people that we want to show people. Because, again, whitebelt.com, we want to not just inspire people. We want to ignite people. We want to get people up and moving. So the ambassador program, and uh, I – you know, something that's really important to me is the idea of an outfluencer. We have all these influencers, right? They're, they're holding toothpaste and smiling, and, <laughs> and they have 10 million people on Instagram, and who gives a crap? But an outfluencer, to me, the American Parkour ambassadors aren't there to show off. They're there to say, look at what you can do. We want you to come with us. Get up. Come with us. That's, that's what the ambassadors is about. What's your vision for where you would like to see your business going? Okay. So we, we got to get deep for a second. You yes. okay? Ready to get deep for yes. a second? Have at it, Mark. Okay. I believe with every fiber of my being that practicing parkour makes people better citizens. Here's the thing. When you have been through a challenge, you have been humbled by a challenge, you have fallen on your butt, picked yourself up, and tried it again, you will never look down on another human. You will offer your hand. You will help them up. And if we all did that, and that's the way we all treated each other, that's the world I want to live in. So, parkour training. Do I really care about people jumping over wooden boxes? You know, again, it's not about jumping over wooden boxes. It's about building yourself up learning to overcome challenge, 
learning to accept failure. We have such a strange relationship with failure now. It's such a don't fail. Well, guess guess who was successful without failure? Nobody. Nobody. Guess who was successful overnight? Nobody. Guess who did something huge? Nobody. They all took steps to get there. And we don't display that because that's not the fun story. We want to say, oh, look at this overnight success. Look at this. No, no, that's not how it works at all. Anybody, anybody who has success has a lot of scars. And they've, they've fallen, they've gotten up. They've done it wrong. They've learned. And they'll do more things wrong. I, I, I fail so often because I'm trying things I don't know. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm learning in business. I'm learning in dealing with people. I'm learning in the way that, that my words affect other people. And I, all I want is to do a better job. So I believe in the very core of my being that you're exactly right. I know it's a little deep, but I believe if you're not making the mistakes, if you're not failing, you're not doing anything. Thus, you're not growing. So I'm with you 100% on that. And something that you just described, I, again, keeping this in the vein of what we like to talk about in the Valley is I find that is very much an attribute of the people in this region. And I think it partly goes back to, you know, agricultural roots. I mean, you worked to achieve and you didn't do it overnight, but it's a long-term perspective. Um, yeah, do you yeah. find that is is is, I see, is a part? Yeah, in in terms of in terms of the valley, there is, especially, and it's and it's it's a nice surprise that it's also on a on a technology side, right, with the agricultural roots, mm-hmm. but it's also on the technology side, the businesses and entrepreneurs and the and the S SVP and the SCCF are such a supportive group, and there really is that support. And I think the other important thing for people to know is nobody did it themselves. There is no such thing. And anyone who claims to be a self-made person is a self-righteous. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I can't, you, you don't want to say it, but I yeah. can't <laughs> say it. But they're also wrong because we didn't learn it by ourselves. We had mentors. Even even if we don't acknowledge that we did, we had mentors, we had friends, we had family, we had other people that that led the way and we learned. And yes, there are people who legitimately invent new things, but they probably also used a toothbrush and, you know, used a glass in their kitchen and had running water and electricity and a whole bunch of other things that other people put there for them. And, and I think we need to acknowledge that and then use that collective to work together to do the next great thing. You mentioned someone, and I want to give them a plug. Debbie Irwin has been on our podcast. Uh, the Shenandoah, because they've changed the name, uh, the Community Creative Fund, and I probably get it wrong. Please, Debbie, don't shoot me because <laughs> I'm still getting it mixed up with the Stanton you know, name from prior. But talk about that. They are a phenomenal resource uh, for particularly our entrepreneurs and the smaller businesses. We have had a number of cohorts that I have interfaced with. We want to help our businesses grow. Could you just give a, a, a little bit about what they've they've done? Absolutely. So I was fortunate enough to be in cohort one. 
And it was just such an incredible, wonderful experience and such an incredible opportunity. And I'm so grateful for Debbie and everyone else that, that did that. It was a great learning experience. It challenged me. It pushed me. It, and, and it gave me a, a, a great support group as well because the whole cohort goes through as, as a little class group. And, and when you do, you know, everyone is, is giving feedback and they're giving real and honest feedback, which is a super mm-hmm. important part of development, right, is, 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 is having the, the comfort to say, hey, you can do better. The comfort to say, hey, there's a, there's a better way to do this. Let, let me suggest one for you. And then it's up to the individual to receive that information, compare it with what they already know, what they're doing, and, and see what works best for them and their business. But again, super supportive group that just uh, is wonderful. And then I'll, I'll also give a shout out to Jenna French and the um, yeah. Yeah, you know, the economic local. development. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that they really, and this, this for me is such a change, and I hate to slam on DC, but let me slam on DC for a minute. Um, it's just such a change that the collaborative, cooperative, helpful attitude in DC, it almost felt like the government was against me. And, and I hate to say that, but my business license took two years to get. Oh, my God. And the district sued me for operating my gym in a firehouse because it was zoned residential, but had been taxed commercial for 45 years. So you're taxing it commercial, zone it residential, and then you sue me for running a business in it. That's, that's D.C. government. In Virginia, I went online. I had my, my equivalent of business license in seven minutes. It's just like, wow, okay, I, I didn't know you could do that. I, did, I didn't know there were people that would, would help and guide and, and bring you along the way. And again, uh, Debbie, Jenna, SVP, I, I'm just so grateful for these groups because there is so much. And I'm, I'm going to say one of the reasons that small businesses do fail at those rates is not a shortcoming of the person who started the business. It's the fact that business law has evolved to apply to Google and Amazon and companies with 10,000 employees. And so maybe you have an accountant. Maybe you have someone in charge of HR. Maybe you have someone who's in charge of the team of people who are in charge of the team that's in charge of HR. When you're one person to do all of that filing, regulation, government stuff, the, the business of running a business is a full-time job before you even consider a product, marketing, all of those other things. It's very hard to do as an entrepreneur, and that's why these ecosystems are so important and the support that they provide for people. Hey, Mark, and, and thank you for giving a plug to our local economic developer. Jenna French is a phenomenal local colleague we work for her and she does embody that spirit of wanting her businesses to grow helping the businesses in a way making sure the government is a helping hand and not a hindrance there because we wouldn't be successful if it were not but for the businesses and, and entrepreneurs like you who are doing this. We also love the fact that you can operate your business, you know, nearby, you know, a larger metropolitan area, but not having to be right in the middle of one and, uh, you know, making your products in Edinburgh and, 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 really covering the world from the Shenandoah Valley. 
Uh, before I give you the last softball question, <laughs> is, is there anything else you want to talk about, about American parkour? You know, the, the, the big picture of this, your vision for where you'd like to see this go. Uh, sure. In, in terms of American parkour itself as an organization, I, I really want it to grow. I want... I want there to be a ubiquitous form of, and I'm going to use the E word, I hate it, exercise that people actually enjoy, right? That's, that's what I want. I want there to be something that is good for people, that's fun, that, that increases their fitness, that increases their, their mental health and well-being. The best thing for your mental health, in my opinion, is to go outside and move around. Both of those things were actually chemically wired to enjoy that. And, and it, there's so much benefit to that. So all I really want is for American parkour to be in a position where we can share more of that with more people. Thank you. I, I, it sounds like a great vision. Okay, Mark, sometimes I call this the, the easy question, but it's very hard for me to define. But what? would be your perfect day in the valley? Oh, today. <laughs> today is my perfect day in the valley. Um, oh, now you, oh, you're, you're going to get a whole bunch now. So I have, Go some, right ahead. I have some daily affirmations that I say, and I, I say them out loud to myself every morning. And I think this is important. One of them is, is today is a great day, and I have everything that I need to make today a great day. And I think that's important that, that we view every day as an opportunity. And, and one of my affirmations includes, I'm going to enjoy the process today. Whatever today throws at me, I'm going to enjoy the process. Because let's face it, in some ways, today's going to happen whether I show up or not. That's right. And all I can do is show up. So uh, my perfect day, and here's, here's a funny story that's a, that's a twist in this a little bit. When we first moved here, we averaged about 80 miles a year of hiking, right? Coming out from D.C. Mm -hmm. on the weekend, get mm -hmm. in an 8, 10-mile hike, whatever it was. The first year we lived here, we hiked six miles. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it often is. Because we were already here. Sure. We were already here. All we had to do was walk outside, and we we're in this, this beautiful paradise. I'm very lucky. Again, we're in George Washington National Forest. My property borders the National Forest. There, there is so much beauty in this region, whether you're talking about the, the, the resorts or just the woods, the trails. We have these recreation areas. Uh, one thing that I would love to see, part of, part of my vision for the world is a world where a greater percentage of our population uses our natural resources, parks, and things like this we have so many under you. I, I literally cried once. I, I was at a campsite uh, near Zion, near Arches, near Moab, out in oh, that yes. area. Yeah, in the Utah area. In the yeah. Utah area, with my annual parks pass, this campsite cost me $5 a night. I had 10,000 acres to myself. There was nobody else in this campsite. And I was like, here we have this incredibly beautiful thing that yes, our government, our, our national government has protected this land. They have saved it. I'm allowed to come and camp here. Where is everybody? 
why aren't people out enjoying this use resource, making use of that? So I really want to see people. And again, I think it's because we're told, get, get off that. Get off that. Don't climb there. Don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, but why aren't you an engineer? I don't know. You told me not to touch bugs and dirt and not to ask questions and not to explore. So, you know, I want people to explore. I want people to get out. And I don't want to tell you what fun is. I just want to tell you have fun. I don't want to tell you what success is. I just want to tell you find who you want to be and go after it. Great message to end on. Really appreciate it, Mark. Thanks for being with us yeah. today. Yeah, thank Mark. you again for the opportunity, for having me. Again, it's, it's part of this ecosystem that I, that I hope to be a, a contributor to. Uh, you are, and we look forward to your continuing success with what you're doing and getting people back outdoors, having fun. We're not going to call it exercise. We're just going to get back to have fun at what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by the Shenandoah Valley Partnership. Thanks for listening.